1: Well, the heck with Frank Sinatra. Glenn Mason's a lot more interesting. Uh, Glenn Mason joins us right now. Glenn, I had a flashback watching you on uh, TV yesterday. You were talking about an Ohio State defensive player as a potential candidate for Heisman Trophy, and I had to agree with you, so I looked it up, and Charles Woodson's the only defensive player in history to ever win it. But my flashback was 20 years ago, and I'm going to name the team, and I think you can name the player. We were going to play Penn State, and they had a linebacker, and at your news conference on the Tuesday of that week, you were saying, this guy's good enough to be a Heisman Trophy candidate. Do you remember those discussions? Still there? Yeah. We got it. Glenn, you there? That's discussion.
2: I remember that in, uh, we played in c in 1997. And he was all, he was a young guy, might have been a freshman. His number was 11, and he lined up for a kickoff. And he's standing right by my sideline. And I said, hey, number 11. And he looked at me, and I said, you're the best-looking number eleven <laughs> in the world, and he just kind of laughed at me. But you... You know, that uh, in uh, come ninety-nine, they had the first and second player. Yeah. In the NFL draft, and Chris Brown went one, and LeVar Arrington went
1: two. Now Arrington's the guy we're talking about. Yeah. He was he was one of the most impressive looking college oh, players. Boy. And I heard you say that, and I said I absolutely flash back. And you actually told the story in the news conference of him standing in front of you on the sideline and what you said to him. Uh, Sid is eager to join the conversation. Sid, say good morning to Glenn Mason.
3: What's your well? Forget re- about that call about uh, the relations with Joe Perturno?
2: Well, you know, I, I had a very good relationship uh, with uh, Joe Paterno. Why, I'm not really uh, sure. I got to know him uh, even before I was at the University of Minnesota, when I was at the University of Kansas, uh, going on the Nike trips. And while all the other coaches used to go and play golf, I decided rather waste my time doing that because Joe didn't play golf. He'd sit around the pool. I'd just sit there every day and talk to him and uh, just pick his his brain. On coaching problems that I was having, whenever, and uh, he would give me all the time I needed. And uh, I tell you, a lot of times, problems that I couldn't figure out, I'd ask him, and in two seconds, he would give me such a common sense solution to it, I was almost embarrassed. I asked the question.
4: Glenn, uh, it's always fun on these Sundays after the Saturdays, and we watch. And I watch uh, before we get to Minnesota. I watched Iowa twenty to nothing over Northwestern yesterday, and I've asked you this before. I still can't quite figure out how good is Iowa. Well,
2: if you can't figure
4: it out, I guarantee it, Maxie. I can't. Yeah, there you go. Good point. Uh,
2: I really can't. I just don't know if they're any good or not. You know, I I can tell you they're really struggling offensively and. You know, against Northwestern, is not a very good football team. They play pretty good defense. They did not play good defense against uh, uh, Iowa. They didn't tackle very well. Uh, but, you know, you'd have to say that Iowa looked a, better, a little bit better offensively. Uh, but from a defensive standpoint, I mean, Northwestern is terrible. I mean, they really are a terrible football team. Um, so I think the jury's still out. I don't, I don't know how good they are.
1: Glenn, uh, you cast your vote uh, on the air publicly for uh, Ohio State as the best team in the country. I think that's hard to argue against. They just seem to have it all.
2: Well, they do. And when you look around and everybody gets so enamored with the SEC, it's all you hear, SEC. You know, you look at Alabama, they they played nobody. I mean, Arkansas is just absolutely you know, terrible. Georgia uh, has already fell. Oklahoma, um, you know, got beat handily by – you know, Kansas State, that game was worse than that final score. But you look at a team, and you might question how uh, tough the schedule has been for Ohio State, uh, but they haven't struggled at all. I mean, they've been hitting on all eight cylinders, offensively, defensively, and kicking game. And the one big challenge they had, you know, against Wisconsin, who now you'd have to say is a good team, not a great team, but they just destroyed them. Do to
3: go go Gophers have any chance? A beaten bench seat?
2: Absolutely. I mean, they're on a roll. They've got better and better and better. The only knock, if there is a knock on the Gophers right now, is that those first couple games, they didn't play very well against very weak competition. But ever since then, uh, I mean, they've not beaten Big Ten teams. They've absolutely manhandled them. Uh, they're on a roll. They're playing good offense. Uh, They have all the ingredients. You know, you look at it, I I keep saying this. You know, early in the year, Dave Mona, uh, I made a comment back in August in the Big Ten Network. I said, Minnesota has as good a receiving core as anybody in the country. And I remember a couple guys looked at me and said, (laughs) really? Really? And now they're saying, you're right. Uh, They've got great receivers. Uh, They've got uh, great running backs. The offensive line has definitely improved and anything you want to say about Tanner Morgan, I'm going to tell you, I'll be the first to admit it. He's better than I thought. The guy performs well, and he performs well under pressure. They're playing good defense. Um, so I think that in, the, in two weeks, that's going to be one heck of a showdown at TCF Bank Stadium.
3: How bad are Ruskers and Maryland? Boy, they're the two of the worst teams <laughs> we've ever had in well, this, Be uh, careful, you're on the Big Ten Network. <laughs> <laughs> no, I... You know, I, I've kind of, I've <laughs> kind of said
2: that. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, Rutgers—they got to win against Liberty, and they were the, they were a the seven and a half point underdog against Liberty. And you got to credit the kids that have hung in there because a lot of guys have hung it up and they they decided to redshirt or retire, or whatever. And you know, they had a good uh, victory, but uh, they do not resemble a uh, Big Ten football team. You'd have to put them in the same class of what Northwestern was. Uh, a number of years ago when uh, they went on a long stretch, you know, within a game. Now, I, I really think that Maryland uh, is is better. They're more talented. They've got some skilled players that can cause the problem. That's why I said last week that, you know, I, I thought there was two trap games out there. Uh, one was Minnesota playing Maryland. If you get uh, looking forward uh, to that uh, uh, 8-0 start and, and playing Penn State, and the other was you know, Penn State playing uh, a not very good Michigan State team and East Lansing, well, both Penn State and Minnesota uh, took care of business in royal fashion. They got ready, and that's why we're going to have that showdown.
1: You know, Glenn, you aren't supposed to play favorites, but I felt really good when Illinois and Indiana both won yesterday. Programs have been down. Lovey Smith's taken all kinds of abuse. They put together two nice wins in a row. And Indiana, you know, going into Nebraska and, and winning that game, I, I thought showed a lot of character in the interview with the coach after. You just had to see all that emotion. Dave, you're
2: spot on. i tell you one thing. Tom Allen, he's a coach. I mean, I just love the guy. I really don't know him other than when I went in and do games, but all he does is he's unpretentious. He rolls up his sleeves, he goes to work, uh, and he tells it like it is and you know, them at six and two, can you imagine they're already after eight games bowl eligible? Now to a lot of people that's not a big deal. To Indiana it is. They haven't been to very you know, many bowl games. And on the other side of that, you look at Illinois, you know, people were talking about firing. Uh, Lovie Smith after this season, uh, and then they have the upset of the year, uh, or at least the upset of the year at that time. Some people might say Kansas State now is a bigger upset of Oklahoma, but you think about what they're doing right now, and then you look back. I guarantee you, they're kicking themselves in the rear end that that Nebraska game. They had a 14-point lead on four different times and end up losing. But you look at the remaining schedule; they got four games left. They could win all four of those games. Wouldn't that
4: be spectacular? Wow! Well, Coach. If if you give me your pen, put your Penn State hat on for a second. Coming in two weeks, do you, what, do you do something early in the game if you're Penn State to try to send a message that hey, Minnesota, you you, you haven't played the schedule we have. We're Penn State. You're not. Do, do you purposely try to do something real early in the game? It's a gadget play, whatever. Blitz a lot, whatever, and, and try to create doubt in Minnesota's mind.
2: No, I, I wouldn't do that. You know, I, I only say that because Minnesota's too good. Uh, they're a rock-solid football team, but I'll tell you this. If I was James Franklin, I'd be telling that defensive staff, and that defense is good. I want to tell you. Uh, but I'd say, hey, you better have a plan to stop that slant. Minnesota mm-hmm. throws that slant route uh, better than anybody in the country, and the prob- big problem is the guy that catches the slant, regardless if it's Bateman or um, Tyler Johnson uh, or Otman Bell or whoever it may be, those guys can really do some some damage. So from that standpoint, I would look in there. And then on the other side of it, uh, you know, from a defense, I'd say you better have a plan to stop that run. Uh, and offensively, I'd say, you know what you got to do? I'm not going to play conservative, but ball protection is a premium because they got a couple guys over there. Uh, and the guy that comes to mind is Antoine Winfield, Jr., the ball likes that guy. Hmm. Some guys make plays, some guys don't. That guy makes a lot of plays.
3: I think, has a good chance to beat Wisconsin. When you stop to think of it, maybe you mentioned this, this team's got a, a great running tackle to go first. They got the, the best wide receivers outside of uh, maybe Ohio State. They got uh, uh, everything going, they got a great off. It's the line, and I tell you, P.J. Fleck has done a fantastic job.
2: He's done a good job, and I want to just tell you something. I'm a coach. You're not a coach. You're a sports writer. I'm a coach. I wouldn't trade the Minnesota wide receivers for any wide receivers in the country. You can go to the bank on that one.
4: Coach, uh, the we watching Ohio State yesterday, etc. and and uh, what they did and they did Urban Meyer and an assistant coach takes over. What's the hardest part of that for an assistant coach to take over for a head coach that's had success?
2: Yeah. Well, I could answer that real quick. He's taken over for a guy that won 90% of his game and was undefeated at the uni- against the University of Michigan and he won a national championship. So that's where the bar is set. Now try to live up to it.
4: And you know, last year what they go uh, twelve and one, and people were complaining about them. Well, that's that's how it is. You know, it's uh, I don't care how you years
2: the the fan
4: base eventually
2: becomes very spoiled, and uh, you know, at a place like Ohio State, uh, uh, they not only expect they demand that you win every game, which is you know unrealistic. Now, Urban Meyer came you near know, very close to that, other than you know, let's face it. Uh, he got blown out uh, the year before by Iowa, and then last year he got blown out by, uh, by Purdue. And if you go back to Columbus, the people are saying, well, I think Ronnie Day's a lot better. He's not going to lose those teams like Urban Meyer did, how soon
1: they forget. You know, there are various measuring sticks at Michigan, and one of them is the Notre Dame game. Uh, Harbaugh was under a lot of heat, but they just dominated. I don't know how much of it was the weather, but by the end of that game, there's no question which was a superior team. Well, you know, the one thing
2: about the weather, they both had to play it. A day, yeah. So I, I always negate that, but you know, I, I was picking uh, Michigan to win that game. Not like that, not to totally dominate, but I thought they would win. And I was basing that on the week before when they played Penn state. Uh, I mean, they totally outplayed Penn state in that second half, every way, shape or form. And if that kid doesn't drop the ball in the end zone on fourth down, right in his breadbasket, that ball that game's either go to overtime or or uh Harbaugh's gonna try to win it right there. And I think they'd win the game. All the momentum was with Michigan and they took it right there and they took it to the next level and man they look like I said on our show last night, the final thought I said Where have you been, Michigan? You know, you finally look like a Michigan football team.
1: Glenn, says got a final question, but I want to give the Michigan fans credit for the way they stood up for that poor kid who dropped that ball in the end zone. They really were there for him at a time he had to be way, way down.
2: Well, sure he was. And, you know, the thing about it is no one felt worse about that than that kid, you know, and it's easy to be critical when you're sitting in the stands or watching on TV and you're a fan, and, yeah, you're disappointed. You're not disappointed like that kid, and that's something that, you know, he'll probably remember, you know, the rest of his life. And, you know, I, I don't know how people get down on kids when they're trying their best. And, you know, it's, no one's ever caught every ball thrown to him.
3: Minnesota, I think, will beat Northwestern at Northwestern. I think they got a chance. Did they have a chance to beat Iowa down there?
2: Well, Sid, let me just tell you something. Your whole focus, P.J. Flick's whole focus, the whole team's focused, and every Gopher fan out there in the world should have focused focus on one thing, Penn State Nittany Lions. <laughs> yeah. End of story. No doubt. Sid?
3: You're getting your Merge certificates. <laughs> You're getting your Merge certificates. Now you, you probably can uh, uh, have a party down there at Merge. <laughs> Man, you earned them. Talk, we, we, say, we love hey, having hey, you on. You, hey, Sid. Hey, you, Sid. You do a you great job.
2: Sunday, I deserve a party.
4: well it's uh we love them you You get the back room too for this one
1: (laughs) glenn thanks so much for joining us (laughs) Uh, the insight you bring on uh on the big ten is just such a nice addition to the show we can't tell how much we appreciate it uh
2: anytime i love you guys bye
0: we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio